0: Hey there, online family. Thanks so much for tuning into the Refuge official podcast today. We believe that the message you're about to hear is a powerful one. We believe that the Lord is ready and willing to do a great work. And we believe that through this message, you'll hear from him today. So please enjoy. Good morning, everyone. and Welcome to Refuge Online. My name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge, and we're so glad that you could tune in. I want to give a backdrop of the story behind the song we sung this morning, It Is Well With My Soul. That song's original rendition was written by Horatio Spafford after experiencing some traumatic events in his life, uh, experiencing a loss of his entire business in 1871 through the Chicago fire when that hit, and also the loss of his four-year-old son. Uh, following that, there was a recession several years later, and it caused further damage to his uh, financial well-being. Uh, and then there was an issue where he was going to Europe, and he had to stay back and deal with some uh, things regarding his business. And um, Horatio actually sent his family on ahead—his wife and four daughters. The ship they were on collided with another vessel, and it sunk at sea. And four, his four daughters, lost their lives. His wife, Anna, was the only survivor uh, of his family. And after sending a telegram to him, uh, she stated in the telegram, uh, alone saved. When he went to meet his wife, he wrote these words, which is in the song, it is well with my soul. When you think about the traumatic experience he went to, it was his faith in God that got him through that tragedy. And I believe in light of what we're facing right now, we can make that declaration in our own lives. It is well with my soul. This morning, I wanna share a story with you about Jesus calming the storm. Because I believe that Jesus is more than capable and able to calm the storms of this life. When we realize that we're facing an invisible storm, it is yet very real with this coronavirus. And I believe that Jesus can calm this storm. We see in the scripture in Matthew chapter 8, the story of Jesus calming the storm. Here he was with his disciples on the boat, and he got into the boat. His disciples followed him. It starts in actually Matthew 8, 23. And the scripture tells us that uh, a storm arose, And it was something that the disciples were probably not prepared for or ready for, but yet the storm came. The waves began to surge and began to swamp the boat. But Jesus was asleep in the boat, uh, which uh, was very interesting. He must have been very tired, you know, after preaching, after hours. And sometimes us pastors can become overcome with tiredness and fatigue. And maybe that was the case for Jesus. It's surprising to me that the storm didn't awake Jesus. But yet for the disciples they begin to cry out, "Lord, save us lest we perish." I mean, they were concerned about their very lives and their well-being. And Jesus awoke and he stood up in the boat and he gently rebuked the disciples and and we can't say for sure whether it was a gentle rebuke, but he said, "Where is your faith?" And he rebuked the storm, and immediately there was a great calm. And the waves ceased, the wind died off, and uh, the storm was over. And so there's many lessons that we can learn from this story. Uh, The disciples' response to this, what kind of man is this that even the sea and the waves obey him and the winds obey him? So it's something that we can Uh, learn uh, from the story, some takeaways that I want to share. Um, In one account of this story in the Gospel of Mark, verse 38, we see where the disciples actually question Jesus, and they said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Uh, Don't you care about us? Are you not concerned about our well-being? And sometimes I think we can have those questions where we doubt where we maybe have some fear or questions whether or not jesus really is concerned about us when we're going through something difficult such as a storm in life that we may be facing now when we think about the disciples with jesus on the boat uh, what happens when a life-threatening storm erupts um, and in this case it was on the water and we think how they were unprepared uh, they were panicking uh, they realize they might actually die. This, this could mean the very death. The entire time that this was happening, however, Jesus is sleeping peacefully. And there's something we need to learn from this, that Jesus isn't going to get all bent out of shape uh, when a crisis or a storm arises in life. And, and we realize that instead of looking at Jesus' reaction to this situation, The disciples allowed their situation to dictate their reactions. And how often do we do this in life? Uh, We react rather than respond. Now our encouragement uh, with any situation we may be going through is always to respond rather than react. And in particular to respond in faith rather than in fear, doubt, and unbelief. And even though we struggle with that at times, it's so important that we learn to respond in faith. Faith is something we grow in, and we're constantly growing in our faith and our walk with God. After begging Jesus to do something, he eventually calmed the storm, and uh, but not before asking them, why are you afraid? And I think about it in this sense, that spending time with Jesus should have an effect on the fear factor of your life. And the more you spend with Jesus, getting to know him in a a relationship, a real relationship, fear is something that loses its control over areas of our life. And and I found that in my own life, that as I grow in my faith, the less I am afraid. I used to be afraid of the dark. And I can remember growing up as a child of having, and I lived on a farm, and sometimes I'd have to go from the house to the barn. And I was afraid that something would get me. So many times I would look straight and I'd run because I was afraid of the dog. But as I began to grow older, you know, and as children grow older, hopefully they overcome that fear. But I think fear in a natural sense is one thing, but fear that we deal with in our life, in another sense, we need to grow beyond it. And when we grow in our faith, we eradicate fear. Um, And it's interesting because Jesus' rebuke um, of why are you afraid, when he rebuked them, was really to encourage them to use their faith in the midst of the storm. And even though Jesus exercised authority over the storm, we realize that he's given us authority as well to deal with the storms of life. When we find ourselves in storms that we can't control, how do we respond in faith? And I want to give you three encouraging truths to remember today. Um, When you're in a storm, in the midst of the storm, these are three things to remember. Number one, Jesus has authority over the storm. He really does. If the waves and the wind don't or didn't concern him, they shouldn't really concern you. And not that we have to sometimes take issue with the circumstances of life but we shouldn't be overcome with undue concern. And uh, you might not be able to change your situation, but you can choose to faithfully trust God in the midst of that situation. And I believe that's a real important key to understand. The second point I wanna share with you when you're in the midst of a storm is look to Jesus who will get you through. Uh, Are you looking at the size of the storm or turning towards the one who can calm the storm? I believe that's an important truth. It's only by focusing on God who knows every outcome that can help us navigate through any situation or circumstance that we might be facing, and we can find peace in the midst of that. Uh, Last week, we talked about how Jesus is the one who ministers peace. He's the Prince of Peace who gives us perfect peace. And let not your heart be troubled. Jesus gave us his peace. Not a peace like the world gives, but peace that surpasses understanding. It goes beyond what our intellect can even comprehend. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6 reads, For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 6 goes on to say, so that we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Now, when we realize this promise, and it's interesting when you look at this whole fear factor thing, there are more commands in Scripture. There's more promises in Scripture uh, that promise us uh, freedom from fear than any other promise. Uh, I believe it's somewhat like 365 times where the scripture actually, in one way or another, commands us or gives us a directive to fear not. And when we think about that, that's one for every day of the year. Um, and it's a it's a command with a promise. Uh, fear not, for I'm with you. Uh, many of the scriptures uh, reflect, and what we see here too, um, that I will not fear. Why? Because the Lord is my helper. We can confidently say that. The third point that I want to share with you is that Jesus is always in your boat. It's it's really easy to focus on your fears when you can't control your future. Uh, but thankfully, Jesus knows your future, and he's always by your side. He really is. He calls you to live by faith, not by sight. And when we think about this present situation with the uncertainty of the future, that's what is creating and generating so much fear. But we have to trust God because He has our future. In fact, He knows the future better than we can even remember the the past. And we can entrust our future to Him in the uncertainty of times that we're facing. Whenever you find yourself overwhelmed by life and life circumstances, you always have two choices. You can focus on your circumstances, or you can focus or fix your eyes on Jesus. And if you choose to look to Jesus above everything else, I believe that you can begin to see the storms that you face are not nearly as powerful as you thought them initially to be. Um, And I believe Jesus, our Savior, can walk us through those storms because he's by our side. In the midst of the storm, we realize that storms come and go, um, the storms of life simply come and go. They're here one day, they're gone tomorrow. But sometimes it seems a storm that lasts longer can have more devastating effect. But realize that they don't last forever. They may disrupt your normal life, and sometimes they can have devastating results, but yet the storm is going to come to an end. And We believe in this case, that will be the outcome. The assurance that we have is that the sun will shine no matter how dark the clouds may be. We need to understand that. And we can relate to physical storms, to the storms that we face in this personal life. Uh, God's word to Joshua, we see, and I, I love this because Joshua was commissioned by Moses to Uh, help the people of Israel and to guide them into the Promised Land, uh, which Moses led them uh, to a place and commissioned Joshua to take over. Joshua apparently had some challenges with, can I do this? Is this too much for me? And Moses encouraged him, and even the Lord uh, spoke to him very clearly in what we see in Joshua 1.9, which is one of my most encouraging passages in the Bible Joshua 1 9 states have I not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go and, and so we can be encouraged by this pas- passage and, and and I believe that uh, wherever you are at right now and whatever you're dealing with in this whole present situation that God has not abandoned you He's there to give you peace, to strength, to help you navigate through this time, and and I believe that we're going to see much good come out of this situation, because that's how God works. Uh, we see scriptures that talk about um, what the enemy has meant for evil. God will work for good. I love Romans eight twenty eight that says all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And I believe God's working in every circumstance, in every situation. And it's not that God um, purposes to let bad things happen on this earth, but because he's a good God, he can take a uh, a bad situation and bring good out of it. Because when he gets involved, because his nature is good, he'll bring good out of it. I want to close with two more scriptures. The first is Hebrews 12.2 which I believe gives us a directive of what we need to do right now. Hebrews 12 says looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What's interesting about this passage is understanding that Jesus is the one who initiates He's the founder, and he's the perfecter of our faith. And we look to Jesus to accomplish such a marvelous work in our lives. He's the only one that can change and transform us. He's the only one that can give us peace, that can get us through any crisis. He's the only one that can save us. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. And it's knowing that Jesus look to the joy that was set before him. Even though he had to go through the cross, he had to face the, uh, the, the shame and the beating and, and the horrible uh, acts of those Roman soldiers against him that crucified him and, and put him to death. He had to go through that, but he saw beyond the crisis, beyond the difficulty of what he had to face, and he saw the joy set before him. And you know what that joy was? It was seeing you and I redeemed because of his death and his sacrificial uh, sacrifice by giving his life to die in our place. And that's what I want to I want to share. It's really important if you're at a place that you've never really made your peace with God, you've never really entered into a vital relationship with him where he's personal and real in your life, I believe that's something that you can experience. And I want to extend to you an invitation to receive Jesus. And you can simply say this prayer from your heart. I call it a Believer's Prayer. Heavenly Father, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner who needs a savior. I believe in my heart that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me, to pay the penalty my sins. I open my heart and life to you. I believe that you died for me on the cross and you rose from the dead to give me life. I put my faith and my trust in you. I commit my life to you. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life and save me from my sins. Make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, I pray. Now, if you prayed that prayer sincerely, I believe that God is moving in your heart right now to bring a meaningful change in your life. And I want to thank you for tuning in today. If you want to contact us, feel free to um, respond to the information that's on the screen. Contact us. We're here to pray with you and join our faith with you and stand with you. The second scripture, uh, in closing, is found in 1 Corinthians 15 57, which reads, But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I am most certain that Jesus Christ is giving us the victory in whatever we're facing, in whatever time that we live. God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. We'll be continuing to pray for you. We are here for you and reaching out in different ways to be a blessing to our community and to the world around us. May well, God bless you and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning into the Refuge Official Podcast today.